Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Most people think that growth is what kills businesses or lack of growth is what kills businesses. They're not making enough sales. But if you look deep, if you study businesses enough, more businesses break because of too much growth rather than not enough. It's an odd concept. But when you look at it, why do, why do businesses break from too much growth? That should be a good thing to have. And as I've studied it and we'll talk a little bit about today, it's because they can't handle the growth. Kind of a little Jack Nicholson from from a few good men. They can't handle the growth because they don't have systems, they don't have processes, they don't have anything in place, and they end up working themselves to death or working themselves to exhaustion and then not being able to fulfill on what they just sold. So we're gonna talk about systems, we're gonna help you not fall into that trap, and for those of you that are having challenges either with too much or too little growth, having a right system in place can solve both of those problems. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I wanna thank you for listening today uh, and thanks C-Suite Radio for being our platform and network together, a networking group across the globe. Go to ntevents.net where you can meet more customers, more partners, more clients through their online events. I really appreciate both of their support. Today, like I said, we are going to talk about systems. We've got the upcoming, the author of the upcoming book, Systemology, David Jennings. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Very much looking forward to the interview, Adam. I am too. Just when I first was, was looking at some of your stuff, I, I love the beginning of your story and I always like the journey. And those who, who listen regularly know that we, we start with the journey. Where did you come from? And you've got a great story of how you came up with systems, but how did you first start your own business? Was that, was that always a dream? Where, where did the, the entrepreneurial bug bite you? Yes. Started from a bedroom in my mum's two bedroom flat that I used to live in with her. And I just, when I left school, I wanted to make the money. So I thought well, I'm going to have to go to where the money was. And I decided I was going to learn about the stock market. And I took out a, a big loan and thought that I was going to learn how to uh, trade the stock market in a weekend and become Warren Buffett by the end of the month. So very quickly I learned that wasn't the case and to trade successfully, uh, you needed to have a lot of money and all I had was this big loan and I'm living with my mum in a two bedroom flat. So I then started to get, um, I suppose, a bit of an audit on my own skills. And I thought, oh, okay, well, um, I know how to use a particular charting package. That's what I learned when I took out this big loan and started trading the markets. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I could take that knowledge and package it up, that expertise, and sell it off in like digital uh, online information products. So that's what I did. I, uh, with a, a business partner and I, we wrote a book and then we went out and traveled Australia and sold that book. And I got very interested at that point in marketing because I got this great product, but then I needed to learn how to get the word out. And that kind of really started my journey as I followed that rabbit hole and learned about direct response marketing, learn about online marketing and learn everything I could to try and get the word out. And from then it just seemed, it seemed to be from one business to the next. At first it was a little bit opportunity seeking, just looking for the next thing. 
Uh, and, and then towards the end of that, particularly the digital agency is probably one of the businesses I got stuck in for the longest. Um, I, I stayed in that business for a good well, I owned that business for 15 years, got stuck in the operations of that for a good 10 years. Um, and it, it wasn't until kind of I had that, that turning point where I kind of went, hang on, there's got to be a way to step out of this business. Interesting. So I got to go back to one thing. Someone gave you a loan to trade the stock market. Well, I ended up taking out a loan to <laughs> do a course to learn how to trade the stock market. So it was uh, yeah, one of those weekend courses where they teach you everything that you have to know. Got it. And, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, I didn't realize after that, I'd also need some money <laughs> to trade. So I was kind of stuck. Fair, fair enough. I was just like, well, if someone will give you a loan for that, um, that bank's in trouble. Um, <laughs> so, so fast forward. So you've got your, um, your, the sort of road show you did with the book with, with your partner, and it led you to, to the business that in, um, SEO and digital marketing that you ran for 15 years. During that time, when did it become a business versus just a, you're a sales job for yourself? Do you, do you know like that, that point? Yeah, I think uh, each business uh, that I got involved in and started with, I kind of picked up and learned things along the way and then rolled it into the next business. So the digital agency was definitely the, last business before I kind of moved into this systems space, but systems have always been with me. And um, there was a rock and roll clothing music store that I was involved in. And we uh, systemized that business. We uh, had the team that was running that we built it up to three stores. We franchised it. Uh, I also have a, a video production business that was a part of the digital agency. So I kind of felt like each time I moved to the next business, I learned something. And when I got to the digital agency, I kind of came pre-programmed with a bit of, okay, well, we need to turn this into a business more than a, a one-man band. So I had a, had a small team. I'd say the, the business almost started with that small team because when I moved away from the stock market education space, I bought about seven team members with me from that old business. And that's how we started the digital agency. So we hit the ground running right from the get go. I had a wage bill that needed to be covered. So we just really got it rolling straight away in, in a business. But at each time, I suppose, as you grow the business, there's different roadblocks and challenges. And the one that I really faced for the digital agency, even though I, it started very quickly, I'd say within that first six to 12 months, I would say, we'd moved into a serious business. Uh, but, but then I just became the bottleneck. I got stuck. I was working too many hours. Everything was coming through me, all the marketing I had created. So when clients would watch videos on YouTube or read articles or listen to interviews, they, they'd come back to the website looking for me and wanting me to answer the questions. And then even when they'd start work, I was the one that would sell them because I was the first one they wanted to chat with. So then they bonded to me and then they felt like, Oh yeah, well, I've just got Dave's email. So anytime I've got a question, I'm just going to email Dave. And then clients became dependent. Staff became dependent. Different problems would pop up in the business. And I was the guy who knew how to do the digital marketing and the marketing. So any problem that needed to be solved, Oh, it's okay. Dave will solve that problem. So I, I trained my staff to start coming to me. And then that's really what ended up trapping me in the business. I, I feel like I just became the center cog in this machine that I'd built around myself. 
And it happens to so many people where one, we, we, the work comes and so we just do it, right? We don't think to delegate. It's the, oh, it's faster. I'll just get this done right now kind of mentality, right? And then, but you've got all these teammates that, that are around and it sounds like they became reliant on you rather than, um, I guess, mad at you for doing their job. Um, how did that, right? It could have gone either way, or maybe it went both ways where you're just stepping on everyone's toes. Did, were you sort of the dictatorial boss that, that people um, were scared of, or was it just... It wasn't so much dictatorial. <laughs> I, I, I love to be loved. Like, I like to be liked by the team and created that environment. So anytime someone had a problem, I felt good about solving the problem for them. I thought, hey, I'm, I'm being helpful by giving them the answer. And I suppose I might have also been a little bit micromanaging or not a little bit a lot i suppose i'm a recovering <laughs> uh, micromanager but but definitely uh, i had built the business up delivering to a certain standard and the reason we'd had good success was because clients would work with us and they'd love the work that we did and the reason they would love it is because i was keeping an eye on it and making sure it was done to the appropriate standard so it reinforced in me that that was the right behavior to just solve the problem to keep that standard high so that way clients would get a great result and then they would keep coming back so i think it was more me wanting to be mr nice guy both for the clients and for the staff and that i think was probably the biggest thing it wasn't until i brought someone else in i used to think i was a great manager until i brought a great manager in that actually started to be the yin to my yang and that was part of the journey for me stepping out finding my ceo who she took over from me but when i saw the way that she managed the staff she was able to put this positive pressure on them she didn't have a need to be liked she uh, would she, she kind of broke them out of that trained helplessness that I put them in by empowering them and making them responsible for the results. And then that taught me an incredible lot saying, oh, wow, it doesn't always have to be me. And, and I'd picked up all of these excuses in my brain as well, thinking that uh, this business was different. Uh, even though I'd been involved in the stock market education space, even that we did the rock and roll clothing music store where we'd systemize and I actually franchise that business. So we had a franchise or manual, we had the manual, but in, in my head, I thought, well, that's unskilled work, unskilled labor required to, you know, hop in a retail store. Um, so that's different. The digital agency, it's an online landscape. Things are changing all the time. If I try and write a system, it's just going to very quickly become out of date and we're working with a virtual team. So how was I going to keep an eye on them meeting the appropriate standards? And I thought that I was going to have to be the one that created all the systems. So I had all of these reasons why I thought, well, even though I know business systems were key, it wasn't going to work for me for a variety of reasons. And th that was the biggest problem as I just thought, Oh, I'm different. This business is different. The, the online landscape. Uh, I'm, I work in a creative digital agency. I don't want to put systems in place that remove creativity and then get these robots working in the business that don't think because they're just following a process. And all of that was just baggage. And it wasn't until I retested it that I went, hang on this, this isn't true. I don't even know how I came to these conclusions. It's really interesting that you say that because I work with a number of, in my business, I do strategic and marketing planning for clients. So I'm on the front end 
uh, of the marketing side. What are we going to do and who are we going to say it to? And then we find someone like you to go and implement it and make it work. And many of them are service-based businesses, people who have a, an innate knowledge or talent, and that's become their business. And they all push back on systematizing. They all push back on a built-in delegation process. They all push back on even writing, um, you know, job role documents, all of that stuff. Um, and so it's, it's interesting you said that because so many people probably listening are like, yeah, I can't, you can't systematize what I do because I don't know what the next client's going to be. But you were doing this for 10 years. You recognized that you were the bottleneck and then your son came along. Right. So a yes. number of these things all came together at once and it may be a little chicken and egg, but you felt the pain internally because you're working 60 plus hours a week. You had a systems background, but you didn't implement it. And now you've got a child that you don't want to be, you know, the um, helicopter dad popping in for two hours a night until he's, you know, 12. So yes. how did all those things come together and allow you the time to step back and say, all right, I got to fix this thing. One of the businesses that became the sister business of Melbourne SEO was Melbourne video production. Cause we started getting quite a bit of demand for creating of content. We were helping with uh, SEO and running ads and a bunch of other things. And then people had this real hunger for content. So we, we set up Melbourne video production and started making videos and things, but I didn't know how to run the camera. I didn't know how to edit premiere and some of the video uh, programs. So what that, that actually was one of the, the biggest aha moments because from the day one, that business had to run without me in it. The, the biggest challenge, and you've identified it um, a few times now throughout this call is this idea that the business owner, they know how to do everything. They see a problem in the world. They decide they want to start the business to sell, you know, to fix that problem or to serve a certain client because they know how to do the thing. And this is the classic, you know, e-myth, the entrepreneurial myth that Michael Gerber talks about is because you think you can do the thing, whether that's cutting hair, whether that's running a digital agency, mowing the lawns, because you can do that, you think you can run the hairdressing business or the gardening business. But just because you can do the thing doesn't mean that you can run the business. And the doing the video production business was the first business that I ever really ran where I couldn't do the thing right from day one. And I never learned how to do the thing. And I, I stepped out. So I, I started looking into that video production business and everything aligned together. We found out we were pregnant and I had that big aha moment. And I felt like then I had a timeline uh, before my son was born. And I thought, right, well, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to really force myself into action, use it as a positive constraint. So, you know, went on that journey to learn about um, how people build agencies that work without them and businesses in general. I'd read the books, The E-Myth, Scaling Up, Traction by Gino Wickman, Built to Sell. Like I, I knew all of that stuff uh, and I was already sold on the idea of systems. It was just this business was different. I didn't want to be the one who created the systems. I thought that I was going to have to create a truckload of systems. Uh, I thought that my systems had to be perfect. 
Uh, and then I thought, no, look, let's just get started. I need to slowly remove myself out. I've done it over here in the video production business. Let's cherry pick all the best systems. Like it's the classic 80-20. What are the 20% of the systems that were delivering the 80% of the result? And I ripped those out of the video production agency, um, then massaged them into the digital agency to get up to a point where we could deliver the core product or service without me having to do it. And then I plugged in uh, a lady who, because ultimately, if you want to completely step out, you have to find the person who is going to take over and oversee things because there still needs to be, the buck needs to stop with someone. Um, so I, I found Melissa, recruited her from within the business. She then took over. I stepped out, used that as the opportunity. And then it completely changed my view on business and the way that business works. I think any business owner that is stuck in the business and is really having trouble stepping out um, at some point, or even if it's a component of your business, I'd strongly suggest finding a part of the business where you can't and don't have to be involved in the delivery of the product or the service. That's one of the biggest secrets is getting away from the delivery of the product or service. You do that, no matter how small it is, it sets off a chain reaction. And then you start to think, well, how can this work without me? Not um, all the excuses why it can't. I'm telling you now, the person listening to this, your business can run without you. And if you have any voice that pops into your head that says otherwise, I'm going to suggest that you question that. And even to the point where I say, if it can't, and it's so dependent on you, your business is broken. Your, your, if your business is dependent on you or any particular team member for that matter, the business is broken and it needs to be re-engineered. And that's really what systemology, that kind of set off that chain reaction. I took some time off. We had the kids, I had another kid um, and the business um, just sort of continued to work. I was very minimally involved, um, just sort of checking in with Melissa once a month and, and looking over numbers and readjusting strategy and things. Um, and that's what gave me the space to think about, well, what am I going to do next? And that's what business owners need, space and, and systems create space. And then space allows you to think about what you really want to do. It enables you to spot the opportunities and then go after the things that are really going to make the big impact rather than just being caught up into in the day-to-day -day operations and not able to take advantage of any opportunities because you're just too busy and you're stuck in it. And that's the dream that, that so many business owners have is they're working every day, but they never actually do the things in order to get there. We're talking with David Jennings on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. And, and David, and has his, his book's coming out, um, depending on when you're listening to it, may already be out. It's Systemology, systemology.com forward slash book. You can get a copy of the book. And, and he goes in, into more detail on this. And so I want to talk about some of the nuts and bolts of of really granular systems and macro systems, or maybe macro systems and yeah. granular systems, depending on direct, which direction, right? As I was saying, every business owner, you know, even if they love what they do, wants to, would love to just have their business run, but they never give themselves the time or the space to do it. And that's why most businesses stay small. Now, when you started and, and you had that time when your wife was pregnant, figuring out, all right, I've got to figure some of this out. Did you start? I mean, you took some of the, some systems already in place in, in the, in the sister company, 
But did you start small and say, here are three steps for this particular item? Or do you start big and say, all right, what do we look like on a macro scale? Yeah. So the very first thing I did, and it's something we talk about it in the systemology book. It's the first stage in the process, which is define. And anybody can do this. You can literally get an A4 bit of paper as you're listening to this and just follow along as I explain it. It's called the critical client flow. It's uh, CCF for short. In the top left-hand corner, just write down your dream client, the ones that pay your advertised prices, you enjoy working with, they come back and they refer business to you. Then think about what is the first product or service that you could sell to that dream client that would be a great introduction to your product suite and ongoing work with you, that first central product. And then once you've identified those two, the dream client and that central product or service, then you, you create a linear journey that both the customer and also the business goes through to deliver that product. So it's just on this A4 bit of paper. So we're just talking about very high level. And uh, we start off thinking about attention. How do people become aware of your business? Just do a few boxes across the top. Just think about what it is that you're already doing at the moment, not what you would like to be doing. What are you currently doing at the moment? Is it SEO? Is it AdWords? Is it speaking on podcasts? Is it running ads in the newspaper? Whatever it is, think about the ways that you get attention. Then moving down the page next, how do you respond to an inquiry when it comes in? Is it through the website? Is it via the phone or email? But what do you actually do when that inquiry comes through? Then next one down, what is your sales process like? Do you have a an opportunity where you qualify them? Do you get on a Zoom call with them and ask them questions? Then what happens next? Do you create a proposal and how do you follow up? Just keep working down the page. Each box is one of these different stages. Then once they say, yes, I'm keen to go ahead. What do you do with money? Do you invoice them 50% up front or 50% on completion or both? Or like, what do you end up doing for that piece? Then how do you onboard the client? How do you actually get them started and into your project management platform or into your CRM? Or what is that first stage of onboarding to book the job? Uh, then next step down, how do you deliver the core product or service, that delivery component? And then finally, how do you get them to come back and buy again, or if you, you know, you do something like coffins where it's a, a one-time sale and how do you get them to refer friends? Wh whatever the case may be, it, this is just a one pager. You draw it down very high level. What that does is if you can get just that to be delivered without key person dependency, you've created a scalable money machine. A, a, your business can start to work with you without you if you can get that systemized. So it's a great, 80-20 exercise to identify the 20% that really focuses on delivering that core product or service through to the right person. Uh, and that's the first step. So I suppose that's quite high level. That just at least also explains almost like on the back of a napkin for, for lack of a better analogy, um, what it is that you do to the point where you can sit down with your staff and say, here's what we do. And here's the piece that you do in this picture. And then you kind of keep moving down, you know, step number two in systemology is figuring out, well, who on the team has the knowledge? Ideally, you want to get the business owner out of the process. You don't, if someone is already doing something, 
let them create the system or the process. Don't leave it to the business owner. The business owner is busy enough as it is. They don't need another to-do list item. Um, think about who on the team can do it. And then the next step is extract, figure out um, how to make the job easy. Everybody's busy. Most, most of your team members don't even like systems and processes. Chances are you don't even like documenting systems and processes. So think about it as a two person job. There is the person who knows how to do it, the knowledgeable worker, and then get a separate person who does uh, the documentation, who then uh, works alongside. You record the knowledgeable worker and then the documenter watches the video and then pulls out the steps. And then that is your framework and keep it very high level to start with. Just key bullet points and a video is enough for version one. Just think minimum viable product here. And that's, that's kind of like, as you start to get on the journey, that's yeah, we, we solved a few of the problems hopefully with that little sequence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and it sounds like that, that gets you on your way. So now I want to, I want to turn it a little bit because you went on and you, you left your business um, or sold your business and, and you started, now you're in the system space and you've got your book and you're building business, a bit another business around that. Um, and since you've got a systems background, you probably had a feel for it, but there's a lot of people listening who are new to their business or are starting new businesses. And they don't have the visibility necessarily of everything you just said. They might have an idea of what they want, but they don't have a track record of who's their ideal client and how do they charge and do all the stuff. They, they're formulating that. Uh, but they want to start right, right? They want to build their business in a way that they don't have to come back five or 10 years later and clean it all up. For that new business that doesn't have everything in place, can they use your system and how do they use it to build on the go as they build their business? Yes, yeah, great question. And I think one thing to take away is you don't wanna get pulled into this rabbit hole of systemization too early because if you get too caught in it, it can create some work where because you don't have any team members, you're going to be the one that ends up doing the documentation and you're trying to think of things, but then that just becomes busy work. And then it stops you solving those critical problems that you've got to figure out to really grow a business and get it working. You need product to market fit you. So you need to know who your audience is, the problems they have and how your product or service solves that problem. You need to get traction. You have to start selling and then getting the feedback and find out whether or not you can actually solve that problem. And if someone enjoys working with you and gets the result. So you, you definitely want to start that process. And, and that's more important, particularly to try and get up to at least a few team members. It doesn't need to be full-time, they can be part-time, they can be casual, they can be contractors, but for you to get proper leverage from systems, you need to have some team members around you. Otherwise, keep it very light. Um, systemology will help give you visibility with regards to the roadmap and where you're going and what you're keen to do. But a lot of the pieces, you don't want to over-engineer this at the start because it'll just distract you from getting out there and doing the work of selling and delivering and making money because that's how you'll learn and that's how you figure out what will work and what won't. So if you want to start right, you can still work on the critical client flow. I would keep your documentation incredibly light. Like I'm not talking more than a, you know, a checklist or a handful of bullets in some of these different systems because it's trapped in your head. You're still figuring it out. You're probably going to move steps around as you kind of re-engineer this. And there's 
no point in creating something or, or, or over engineering it only to find out the next day that, oh, okay, well, we're doing this differently now, or I found out that that particular method was broken and now we have to start again. So th there is a, the right time and place to do business systemization. I think um, while it's good to have a good understanding of where you're going, you also don't want to obsess over it early. And I, I think that's why there is such a void and, and so, so much misinformation around business systems because all of the material that's written out there, there's things like Six Sigma and Lean, um, which are some of these methodologies for systemizing. They're all designed for 100 plus employees or manufacturing businesses, and uh, they're not designed for small business. So they're always over-engineered. They're talking about creating flow charts and going into this minute detail and explaining everything down to you know, the, the micro level. But for small business, that's you just don't have that space and and margin for error and wiggle room to be able to to put that sort of work into the business you you're operating more leanly you have to think what is minimum viable product and then you want to iterate and build over time rather than just trying to jump straight to the end. I see this all the time. People hear about McDonald's and they think, oh yes, I want to systemize like McDonald's. But McDonald's has been systemizing for 60 years. And here you are thinking, I want to systemize like McDonald's and write these big thick manuals so you can recruit 15 year olds to come off the street and you can then turn them around and get them working in your business. That that took them 60 years to get there. You need to think about where did McDonald's start 60 years ago and start systemizing your business there, not, not where McDonald's is today. So you have to start very basic. That's perfect. Perfect. David, and, and you can get his book at systemology.com forward slash book. David, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the time. I think there's so much that we all could learn just from what you gave us and can't wait to see the book when it comes out. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. There's a couple of preview chapters and things like that on the site as well. And um, I've got a, a podcast where we interview people and just get them to see systems and processes and get it documented. So there's a lot of resources to just get you started. I think that's the biggest thing I've found with business. Most problems have already been solved by uh, other other business owners. You, you just want to go out and seek those problems and deploy them in your business. It's a much quicker way. That's why I love the work that Adam's doing and, and what he does with, that's why you go to a business coach. They've seen these problems before. They've seen them in numerous businesses. Your business isn't as unique as you might think it is. And with the right advice, someone can move you 10, 10x, 100x, the speed at which you could currently go just by a few key insights. I love it. And if, if, as David said earlier, if, you're, if your business is broken, come to Adam. If your business is, is rolling and you need to systematize so you can step out of it, that's where David and his team come in. So thank you, David. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>